0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
2: I am live. I am ready. I am pumped. I'm coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home in a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Good morning. If Wednesday is hump day, if Friday is hell yeah day, what is Thursday? On the downslope day, is that where we're at? I don't know, but I love everything about the energy that everybody's bringing, including dsel, who just pointed at me and touched his nose, which I'm pretty sure means awesome stuff at Cell c b s on Twitter if you want to reach out to him, sports writer for me sports r e i t e r Mr. Andrew bogish will be with us in twenty minutes at Andrew bogish and a phone number that brings you into all of our worlds. and can get you on the radio eight five five two one, two. For CBS, Justin Verlander is ageless, as is Yankees fans discuss when things don't go their way. Those two truths came together last night. ALCS Game 1, we'll get into that. Padres, Mount of Comeback. I've got some NFL bets for you, and I may, if there's time, mix in some NBA bets, because later tonight, I did this for soccer, Champions League last week, tonight at 10 Eastern. So, D cell late night, I know you're going to be in there. I'm really excited. D cell is both a highly supportive colleague of mine and likes to stay up late. So, that it's really all coming together. I will be hosting another BetQL chat during Clippers Lakers. Let me give you a little heads up. I'm going to get some bets in there on a little bit of a, a heater, and I'm going to make fun of Russell Westbrook a lot. So, if any of those things appeal to you, you just want to hang out 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Download. You got to do it on your phone, the BetQL app. Sign up, get in there, hang out with me. I'll drop some bets an hour before tip off, and then be in that chat throughout the game. We can chill together. A uh, buy or sell, as it always is, in an hour and a half with DCell. Pretty excited. Uh, our buddy Ty Dunn, one of my favorite guests that we have on the show, excellent writer, has a book out. Graciously sent it to me. Showed up at my house one day, and I don't, I won't swear to it in a deposition, but I think when I opened it. Actual light came out of the first page. That's how good his book is. And we'll visit with him about that and things from around the National Football League. We'll talk about tonight's Thursday night football game. What a game. Not really. It's terrible. Saints-Cardinals. But we will talk about it later in the show. And I'm going to take a Highland Highlander reference. The... the uh, television show and movies in which um, immortals battle each other and cut off each other's heads because so, there can only be one. I'm going to slip that into a little sports analogy. We'll just see. I'm going to sprinkle it in. See if you can catch it. See if you can see where it's coming. Alright, NBA debuted this season. Began two nights ago but full slate of games last night. There are some real takeaways. Let's just get the Nets out of the way. okay? Now that we won't talk about them throughout the year, but let's just be clear. The Brooklyn Nets will not win anything as currently constructed. They're not going to win an NBA championship. They're not going to make an NBA championship. They're going to tease you with runs of excellence. But what you saw last night is who they are, and that's never going to change. There's four reasons for it. And if you're a Nets fan, all nine of you in, in, uh, in the great city of New York City, eight in, in Brooklyn, I think there's one in Manhattan, for all nine of you, You're going to hate it. For the rest of us, it's a pretty fun thing to take in and watch. Cell had a huge smile this morning because he loves when people suffer and struggle. And that's what the Nets are going to be. Reason number one, and I actually only take pleasure in, in numbers two and three on the list, by the way. I'm just telling you. I don't take pleasure in the fact that Ben Simmons is broken and he's not going to be fixed. I know on the show we, I call Anthony Davis, Anthony Humpty Dumpty Davis because he's broken all the time, and Genie Buss and all the Lakers men cannot put him back together again, but, but it's really Ben Simmons who fits that in a real way. His confidence is shattered, his ability to play is gone, I know that he was rusty, but the box score, and it's horrific, does not properly tell the tale of how bad this guy was in that game last night fouled out after 23 minutes, had more fouls, the six that it takes to foul out in the NBA, than the guy had points, took three shots, had a just utter deer-in-the-headlights look for huge stretches of the game in that basically beatdown that he and his Nets suffered at the hands of the Pelicans, who were interesting, who were good, whatever. The Nets are supposed to be one of the contenders. Ben Simmons is broken. And he wouldn't get fixed. He wouldn't be brought back to any kind of excellence if he were at the best organization in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors. Pre-maybe Draymond's bunch. He's at the worst organization in the NBA. Reason number one. Reason number two, and this has been true forever, but it was so clear last night. Nets need to get off to a good start. you got the drama with Kevin Durant calling for Steve Nash's job in the offseason. you got Ben Simmons floundering. Wins tend to make these things go down easier. And if you're going to call yourself a superhero or a sidekick, if you're Robin or you're Batman, you gotta, you got to perform at a high level. Kyrie Irving can't do it, won't do it consistently enough for this team to win. He is not worth the trouble. The juice with Kyrie Irving is not worth the squeeze. you got Alex Jones conspiracy stupidity, hatefulness, awfulness. You've got flat-earth ridiculousness. You've got podcast year after year where Kyrie Irving's taking shots at or- LeBron James or his head coach or whoever it is, you've got whatever bizarre way, and I believe in hypnosis because I experienced it once at my high school prom and it really freaked me out. He's hypnotized Kevin Durant. Whatever's going on, Kyrie has a hold over KD and he's convinced a whole bunch of people his massive talent, and, and it's massive, makes him worth all the trouble. It ain't. The trouble's problematic in the extreme, and Kyrie Irving's just not that good. He's not that good. Good is different than talented. 6 of 19, 15 points, super inefficient. Didn't move the ball when the Nets really needed that. He's not good enough to be the number two on an NBA championship team if you don't have LeBron James doing historical things to put him in a position to get there. I know Kyrie can hit shots. I got it. But winning in the NBA is about more than that. The guy's not good enough. Number three, Kevin Durant. Look, Durant had a really good game. Durant's an amazing player. Durant's a top you know, five-seven player in the NBA. He scored 32, was very efficient, played pretty well. Kevin Durant, and there's a reason for this, has never been the best player on a championship team. Ever. Don't let the box scores fool you on guys like Kyrie, and don't let the hardware fool you on guys like Kevin Durant. I know he's got two NBA Finals MVPs, and I know that he deserves one of them, sort of, but the thin-skinned nature of who he is, the guy that would sign a multi-year deal and then a blink of an eye later in NBA terms try to force out the GM who gave him the deal and his head coach, who's a Hall of Fame player, by the way, the person who does burner accounts, that guy isn't a leader. He shouts it from every rooftop he steps on. Kevin Durant can win if Steph Curry's over there being a better basketball player with the gravity he creates and the space he creates and the culture he put together allowing Steph Curry, allowing his own shine to go away so that Kevin Durant doesn't feel too sensitive. And by the way, Steph Curry did all those things. Kevin Durant still was so sensitive that Steph Curry got some credit that he had to leave. And what has happened? Steph Curry's won an NBA championship since then with a team last year nobody thought was going to be particularly competitive. Kevin Durant's amazing. He's amazing. He's probably the best player in the history of the NBA that's never going to win a championship as the best player on his team and can't because that's who he is. And that's certainly not going to change with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons as his teammate. The Nets are never going to accomplish anything as they're constructed. This isn't going to work. It's a tease, not a threat, this team. It's a farce, not a force. These guys aren't that good. They're not. It's an illusion, not some incredible constellation of basketball stars that can't be stopped. And that brings us to number four. And I feel bad, because I actually know this guy a little. Name drop alert, he is my neighbor when he's here. And I guess I should thank Irving and Simmons and KD. He'll be my neighbor again literally very soon. Steve Nash may or may not be a good head coach. I don't know, and neither do you, and frankly, neither does anybody. But he's going to fail in Brooklyn. I'm not sure Phil Jackson could manage Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Literally. And and Phil Jackson is by far, in NBA coaching terms, and maybe just in, in major coaching terms, the best coach in history at managing massive egos, at the human management side of things. You know how all your bosses say that they're. I'm a manager. Most managers are terrible at their jobs. Some are really good. It's true in basketball, too. I don't think Phil Jackson would be up to the task. Steve Nash certainly isn't. Can you imagine the vibe around Nash and KD? KD wants him and wanted him fired. And if you think Kevin Durant, having been bested by his own ego, having insulted a billionaire owner who was so put out that KD tried to leverage him that that owner said, to hell with you, that's what happened. You think Kevin Durant's just going to, for the entirety of this season, as the wheels come off and the guy to blame who's got him hypnotized, Kyrie Irving, whispers in his ear that it's everybody else? Do you think that Kevin Durant's just going to sit around and say, you know, kumbaya, let's make it work? No, man. More drama, more trade demands, more toxicity, more going after the head coach, more isolating that dude's leadership. Steve Nash cannot succeed. Ben Simmons is broken. He's not getting fixed. Kyrie Irving is not as good as anybody thinks he is, especially KD. KD is the softest, most thin-skinned superstar all-time great I've ever seen, and he'll never be good enough and hasn't been at this point in his career to be the best player on a championship team. And Steve Nash certainly cannot handle all the awfulness. A lot of cool things going on in the NBA. The team that beat him, the Pelicans, everyone wants to call him a contender. Maybe if Zion can be healthy. Maybe. I thought Donovan Mitchell's debut was awesome with the Cavs, even though they lost. I thought in Minnesota, Rudy Gobert, I know they gave up 31 first-round picks for him. It's a lot. But last year, or this year without Gobert, if you told me, told anybody, that Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, the two stars of that team pre-Gobert, and the two stars post-Gobert, were going to go 6-27, which is what happened last night, and Minnesota was still going to win, even against the Thunder, I would have laughed at you. Gobert was awesome in that debut. Pablo Banquero is a stud and a star in Orlando. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. The Nets aren't going to be one of them. They're going to be fun to watch. We're going to talk about them. Who doesn't love a slow-moving train wreck, car wreck, utter debacle of, of ego and arrogance? It's going to be really satisfying to watch, but not because they're going to be good. It's because they're going to disappoint in the extreme. They're going to win 11 games, a 12 at some point. They're going to be a top five. I don't know it'll be much higher. Maybe higher. Team of the Eastern Conference. They're going to trick you. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Simmons sucks. He does. Kyrie Irving's not worth it. Kevin Durant's not a leader. And Steve Nash is over his head. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Uh, d how's it going? Good morning.
3: Good morning, Bill. How you uh, doing? I'm doing great on this Thursday.
2: I'll give the people a little, uh, little image. I'm wearing a Mizzou shirt that I've had since 2001 because I don't do style. Probably got some holes in it. I'm not making fun of anybody's dress. You look good, and we've talked all about Creed. I feel like you're doing an homage. You got, you got a black T-shirt, and then you got kind of a, a black hoodie that looks very much like you know you're you're going running, you're you're punching the air. I like the look is what I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I'm going a, a zip-up sweater here. Uh, I'm glad you like it. I actually yep. believe you this time, so I appreciate it.
2: Uh, I know that Bogish is not going to agree with me. Are you? Where are you on the Nets thing? Are you, are you team talent wins out?
3: Uh, no, I am beautiful disaster that I will not be able to take my eyes away from. I know they're not going to be relevant when it comes down to it, but I am going to be watching them all season long.
2: One of the truisms of um, the NBA I think more than most of the other sports is how much the box score can lie. It just, I can't watch every game. And and I've certainly been called upon at times on on TV to have to talk about a game I have not watched. Something happens, you don't watch it, you go to the box score, and then I go back and watch it later. And I've learned, and in being in a lot of games and, and reading coverage of people who weren't there, box scores lie. For example, I did not think Anthony Davis had a good game a couple nights ago for the Lakers. Box scores said otherwise. You look at you look at that Nets team on paper. You look at who they have. You look at the the box score night after night. There are going to be nights where they look pretty good, even Durant. I mean, he he played okay. They were awful last night. I know they lost by, I don't know, 22 points. Is that what, what it was? They got destroyed. They are a bad basketball team. That's it. That's all I'm saying. I know that it's – aren't they bogus just picked twin win the whole thing? That one's not coming home, Boguesy. Uh 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Let's talk some baseball. Let's talk Justin Verlander. Rolling back the years to shut down the Yankees and the Padres stage. Another comeback. There's been a lot of those this postseason. Why this MLB playoff run has been surprisingly excellent next year on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. G-Sels, can
2: I tell you a little secret? Not even a secret. Can I just tell you something? I hate that rejoin. Not the not the 93. Um. Although I do love how deep my voice is in that
3: particular rejoin.
2: I, where the guy with the voice is like, he's always right. What are you talking about? Because my last name's Ryder?
3: Yeah, oh, and I think just, that, you know? that rejoin is fitting. You're always right, so you disagree with me 93% of the time, and yeah, that means funny. I'm always wrong.
2: No, it is funny, but definitely, definitely not always right. Um, You are, are you familiar with... With the Highlander ethos, the, 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 the idea of it.
3: You'll be shocked it. by this, absolutely shocked. I got but, nothing on this, so explain it to me with so good. every little nuanced detail. So
2: good. Uh, Sean Connery was in a movie from 50 years ago, Highlander, and then there was a really great but also terrible kind of gone in 60 seconds level of excellence TV show starring you know in the fictional world in which this occurs his cousin maybe, there's two of them in the same family, the McLeod family, where basically there's immortals walking around the earth, and if you cut their head off, you take all their power, so you, they have swords all the time. They're just like at dinner, and then they pull out a, a giant so it's just, there's a sword. Like, how do you even get it into the Applebee's? I don't understand how it works either. And then whoever the last one is that's alive has all the power and basically rules the earth. They're immortals, so they're, they never die. And then the song, I think it's Queen, Who Wants to Live Forever, plays... Every time someone they love dies, and then McCloud has like a little buddy sidekick who's who's human, okay. And then it turns out he's immortal. Like how many? They're, they're, they're not married, but like, they're all bunched together. And so it always made me wonder, like, okay, if you were one of these, you know, vampire movie works the same way. I know you're a big She-Hulk fan because you're a big Marvel fan. It was pretty good until the end. Uh, there's some random character called Mister Immortal where he has like 51 wives. He just keeps pretending to die. Point is, I was always thinking. If you were an immortal person and you were a good athlete, right? Easier to stand on the radar if you're a librarian. Nobody misses Johnny the Librarian when he just, like, retires and goes to Sarasota. Then he just moved to Singapore and he start a new life. Who would be an immortal athlete? Like, Tom Brady comes to mind, right? Tom Brady could be a Highlander, maybe. I'm starting to think about Justin Verlander. Because, correct me if I'm wrong here. Oh, hi, Bogus. But wasn't Verlander supposed to be totally washed like 7 years ago
3: or whenever the hell he was in Detroit totally washed then then he had Tommy John surgery and right. oh by the way he's 39 years old now having only made one start prior to this season in the last 2 years
2: what a performance last night in that 4-2 win over the Yankees and again this is me probably being a bad a bad maybe a bad person maybe maybe a bad teammate I have a lot of friends who are Yankees fans. And I've never had an issue with the Yankees. My mom's from basically New York City, the other side in Jersey. I'm a Rangers fan. I'm a lifelong Rangers fan going back at least five or six months, right? Love my time in Brooklyn. Love New York. I really enjoy the timeline. I hate Twitter. But on Yankee days like yesterday, the same people, the overwhelming arrogance that turns into into self-pity in such a, tone-deaf way. I can't believe I'm saying this. Really enjoyed the Astros win. Really enjoyed that performance from Verlander who struck out, what, I think 10 or 11 guys in the six innings that he got? 17. Yan- Yankees struck out 17 times. Astros, two. I know it's game one. I know it's a ways to go. I really enjoyed it. Are you able did you root against the Yankees, bogus, as a Mets fan? Or do you just move on from baseball? <sighs>
4: Oh, no, no, no. Uh, we root against the Yankees at all costs. Okay. Yeah. Justin Verlander.
2: A- and the other thing is, Dusty Baker trying to get that elusive World Series championship. And if the Astros win a World Series, as much as I hate to admit it, without cheating, it does, I, I don't, it says something about, I-, I suppose, the organization. I find myself weirdly rooting for Houston. And I want to thank James Ward and Pat Boyle and other people who are, Sort of Yankees fans or Yankees talkers who I like as people who have shown me how obnoxious Yankees fans can be.
4: (laughs) I can't believe it took you this long. I mean, it's like day one. Obvious. They yeah,
2: but it took me a while. Like I don't. It's not like I'm a Mets fan. It's not. I I mean, I would be walking through the newsroom when I lived there, and then I would someone would just be obnoxious about the Yankees to me for no reason. Like okay, that's. I'm just trying to go to the restroom, man. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, Padres with a nice little rally to tie that series. Two brothers played each other. For the first time, a pitcher brother, sibling, and a hitting brother, sibling, faced each other. And uh, I think that'd be super awkward. Who would you root for, Bogus, if you had kids going up against each other? You got, like, a favorite kid? You'd be like, that's really who I'm hoping gets the best of their one.
4: I think every parent would say that if you got to that stage, you'd— understand which one needed to succeed more than the other in that particular moment. And there's multiple reasons for that. But you'd be able to tell that, like, again, yesterday, it's Austin and Aaron Nola, that Aaron's had the better trajectory, the bigger prospects, more big league success. So maybe you find yourself hoping for Austin to get the hit that he did to get one thing over his brother.
3: I don't know. Mom and Dad were in the stands at Petco Park, and they got interviewed on FS1 during the game right before the brothers faced each other. It was so And awkward. you could tell Mom and Dad did not know what to say. Mom didn't even want to speak.
2: And Austin's hit began the rally.
3: Yeah. I
2: mean, so it was a significant moment beyond the sibling dynamic.
4: Sure. Now— had you asked me would I want this to happen as a parent, the answer is no. Like You don't want this to ever happen. You don't want to be in this scenario. But when the scenario presents itself, I bet deep down inside, they knew that one of them needed to be successful more than the other in that moment. Let me ask you a question.
2: You play the role of, of father in this analogy, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a showdown between Pete, who works on the board of the DA show, oh, and okay. the scheduling, yeah. right, and D-cell. Right, maybe it's a slap contest, right? Maybe Dana White's slap contest. Maybe there's a board op slash producer of the year award um, that they're finalists for. Which you know we'd have to sort of look at the rules of how that happened. But let's just say that that
4: happened. Yeah, no, I can, I can, I can twist my brain that much.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, whatever. Maybe maybe it's a baseball game. Maybe it's a company softball game and it's a championship. And like Boomer is over there and like famous people are screaming. Who are you going to root for? Because both of these guys are um, are sort of prodigal kids to you in the building.
4: Yeah, it's a, that's a really tough choice. Uh, again, I'd prefer this never to happen, of so course. I could avoid this altogether. <sighs> you know, they each have their pluses. Diesel's looking at me right now. Pete is not. <laughs> so I, I think if I've got to pick one, I think the the most fair tiebreaker here is. That Pete Bellotti, unfortunately for him, has had two, two weddings, two marriages, and I was invited to both of them. Oh, wow. Wasn't invited to d Cell. So Pete, for the two, he, one would have been sufficient, but two wedding invitations So the zero from d Cell means that I'd be on Team Bellotti in this scenario. You've been to two of He's been married twice. You've been to
2: two of his weddings.
4: Bo- I've been to both. Hopefully the, the, the second one's the, only, the last one.
2: What is the rule on second wedding? Like, I was talk, talking to somebody the other day that I don't feel like I have to go to a second wedding if I'm invited, and it's a, and my wife said that's not true. Like, it's someone I'm close to.
4: I don't think it's a rule. I don't. There's is there like some kind of fancy etiquette book everyone always references that like how you're supposed to which fork you're supposed to use and whatever. You that, me,
2: I don't. I've never. Read that's that. true. Uh,
4: I don't think there's a page in that that says you you are you are free of the second wedding invitation in your
2: forties. You've got kids, you got a life. You don't want to spend money on anything cause you're cheap. And you're like, someone invites you to be in, in their wedding or at their wedding that you're close with, but it's their second wedding. I don't know, man. Like, Hey bro, I was at the first wedding. Yeah. Remember
4: that? Okay. So I'll give you this. If they're, if they if this person inviting you is the reason why there's a second marriage, then maybe that's different than if they were not the cause of the initial breakup, Ooh, leading to the so second one, you
2: know? Now i got to make some evaluations about who, who was at fault in this thing.
4: Right. If you got a buddy that just makes him, he's making bad choices, married, divorce, married, divorce, at some point you could be like, listen, dude, I'm out. Like enough's enough, especially if each wedding is equal in terms of like, the financial commitment you got to make. If it's just like all of a sudden the third one's like, okay, we're gonna go slow on this one, and like have a, like a tiny kind of get together. That's different too.
2: This is not a peak situation because you guys live in the same. I'm saying I have to fly across the country too. I'm saying like I gotta go to Florida or I gotta go to Texas.
4: I think right? if your buddy gets dumped and then finds true love the second time around, yeah, like, take that okay. trip to Texas or New York or California or whatever. The Ryan Sandberg rule. I don't know what that means, but sure.
2: Yeah, as I understand it, I could be wrong, but. Pretty sure I'm right. Ryan Sandberg was married for a long time, retired from baseball. Uh his wife left him. You're not a ball player anymore. This is the way the story goes. I just
4: don't know if it's true. We probably should look it up.
2: And then he uh married his like childhood sweetheart, best friend. They have a great life.
4: There you go. Second wedding, gotta be there.
2: The Sandberg rule, whether it's, you know, actually the way that it went or not. Okay. Yeah. So you like Pete more than D I was just that's what I was sorta of aiming for.
4: Yeah. That's Took a while to
3: get there, but I but yeah, that's true
2: i d I'm telling Tom, how do you feel about that? You okay?
3: I don't like that it came down to just the wedding. <laughs> I think he needs to get more nuanced in all the other characteristics of me and Bilotti, What he would the, prefer in a friend.
2: I think the wedding represents for Bogish the reality for many of us that in your interactions, you're not interested in interactions. <laughs> Uh, because, I could not have said that better myself. <laughs> because I did when I lived there, invite you to get a beer with me, maybe a hundred times, and not in jest. Like, let's get a beer. And you not only, you'd be like, oh yeah, I, this was every response, Bogus. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll meet you there. And I would say, no, I'm I'm serious. Like, do you want to get a beer? Oh yeah, no, I'm totally gonna be there. And I would say, this went on for two years. Like, cool man, I got the joke. But honestly, like, do you want? We're going for a beer. Or do you want to meet me for a beer? And then when the guy wanted the job, he's like, I'll meet you for a beer anywhere. (laughs) I'll buy the beer. I didn't. I I sort of wanted to not show up for that, but that would be too mean.
4: Yeah. I mean, again, that's tough for me to respond to because I also didn't have a beer with you the last time you were here in New York and asked But I wasn't
2: really interested in that. We didn't really know each
4: other. okay. We didn't know each other. Okay, good. Then I'm off the hook so I can.
2: Did we we even speak to each other? Because we were on totally different shifts. I might have said hi when I walked in when I was there early.
4: Oh, I mean, I only saw you like two or three times when you worked at night. But but there's been a time since this show that you've been here that we came really. The three of us right. came really close, and I was the smart one. I let D Cell cancel. Did That's we what? ever
3: come really close? But to be fair,
4: discussed.
2: You have kids and a wife, and you live far away. At the time, D Cell lived like basically in New York City and didn't have any like. He was listening to my show four hours, sending notes
3: to my producer. I knew he didn't have anything to do. <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> I'd rather listen to your show from my couch than meet up with you after your show for a beer in Manhattan. Plus,
2: I, I'm there for work. My schedule's limited. It's not like I'm there every day and I say to you, I, let's have a beer anytime. you name it. Yeah, you, the, wind- say, the window
3: was really small, no. really small.
2: I mean, to be fair, having done the show with you, now I realize that you saved me from two hours of
3: <laughs> trying to make conversation. <laughs> What do you mean I got great takes? I can chew your ear off.
4: Give Tray me lands, What?
3: <laughs> it's fair.
2: <laughs> it's fair. I mean, I really screwed it up because you used to offer up, like, the most incredible NBA takes to the guys that produced me, and then they would rat you out to me, and we would talk about it on the air. But you are now my producer and won't give me your takes anymore.
3: Yeah, and nobody would tell me, like, oh, Bill really wants to talk to you on the air. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll be right there. (laughs) Actually, Bill wants to make fun of you on the air and then have you chime in (laughs) to try and defend yourself, but you can't.
2: What was the one? Was there some center take what was, what was the take you had?
3: Uh, I don't remember, per yeah, se. Maybe it's something along the lines of uh, Joel Embiid's not very good at basketball. Not a
2: top five center. That's
3: what it was. Joel Embiid is not a top <laughs> five center.
2: In
4: the current NBA? Yeah. Are there five centers exactly. in the NBA? <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. It might have been top ten. It was so bad.
4: <laughs> He's not top five Joels in the NBA, either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh this is fun. This is fun. <laughs> alright, alright. Uh she she we've not done the mini reviews. So let me just she hulk. Thought it was pretty good. But I don't want to the ending was the weirdest thing I've ever seen on television, and that is saying something.
4: That is saying something. It was That's intriguing. That makes me want to watch it now.
2: I'd love to know it's really good. I mean if you're into the Marvel universe, it's excellent. And according to some random newsletter I get every day, that's how you connect with family. So, (laughs) on Sports Talk Radio, so I, you know, try to slip it in there to make it work. You both look uncomfortable. Okay, let's move on. 855-212-4 CBS is the phone number. Uh, we got some bets, NFL bets. I'm gonna slip in some NBA bets. They're coming up here on the show after we get a CBS sports radio update from Andrew Bogut.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You <laughs> better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. <laughs> You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. Bill Ryder with you.
2: Along with Decel, Pretty Daddy. You remembered where your nickname
3: came from. Yeah, and I actually think this probably speaks to how uncool I am because we were actually going through some phrases, which we normally do on the show, okay. and okay. we like to know the origins. And sure. by we, I mean you.
2: Just curious where the stuff comes from.
3: And I was getting ready to say, S- in a while, Crocodile, see you later, Alligator, and yes. that is the 1950s song in which Pretty Daddy is also a lyric. That's right. That's right. That's right. Where does, because that's such a dumb
2: expression, see you later, Alligator, after a while, Crocodile, doesn't even make sense. I mean, it doesn't have to. It's just fun to say. mm That's right. And that is where, you're right, that is where Pretty Daddy came from. And I love that. Um, You know what else I love? I love making money and making fun of people I like, like you or my brother. It's all going to come together in BetRider.
0: Bill makes the tough picks so you can fade accordingly. It's time for BetRider with Bill. All right.
2: Here are my brother's NFL picks, that he snuck in without talking to me. We're going to judge him on the air. You ready? These lines have since changed, but he's on doubt. Dal- I hate every one of them. He's on Dallas, minus minus six and a half hosting Detroit. I actually don't hate that one entirely.
3: The return of Dak Prescott. Yeah. And De- uh, Detroit can't stop a nosebleed on defense. They can score with the best of them. So you would think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Yeah, what's the total in that game? Do you know? Right now, I am seeing 49. That's, I'm kind of in. I'm kind of in for the over. I'm
2: not a big over guy in general. Because people like to bet overs. I think there's more value in the under. So do you like that Do you think the Cowboys are going to cover by a touchdown? I do, actually.
3: I do, but I actually think I like the under. I don't know how well Dak is going to play. I think he's going to play well enough to beat the Lions, but I don't know that he's going to light it up Ooh. for 35, 42 points.
2: My son loves this show called Dude Perfect on YouTube. Have you seen this thing? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's very funny. But my nightmare happened. He was playing it, and they had one sponsored by somebody. This from years ago where Chris Paul and Aaron Rodgers came and did trick shots. And Chris Paul was so put out the whole time. I don't like either of these guys. And Aaron, but Aaron Rodgers was so funny and charming. And my son's like, these guys are both awesome. I'm like, yeah, man. Is Chris Paul the guy that hates you? I'm like, yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, I bring that up because Mr. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are three and three, which is an astounding place to be. I mean, this guy tends to go thirteen and three. Aaron Rodgers just in seasons when there were sixteen game seasons. They are at the Washington Commanders. They are five-and-a-half-point road favorites. And apparently, I'm on Green Bay.
3: And I don't know if this makes a difference to you. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. No Carson Wentz. Right. Heineke starting for the Commanders. Maybe that's an upgrade. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's probably not. I mean, in most situations, it would feel like maybe an upgrade. If you told me Nick Foles was there, I'd be kind of worried. Heineke is not very good at playing quarterback in the National Football League. Another game that I hate, apparently we're betting on Jacksonville. Minus two and a half, hosting the 5-1 and one Giants.
3: By the way, how is Jacksonville favored in this game? Three-game losing so, streak. Giants actually, are 5-1. I know the, the
2: logic here. This is the line that begs you to, pl- to take the Giants. And when Vegas is trying to induce you to take a line, you should be skeptical. And when it's a road team, more so. So I'm sure that this bet is about believing Vegas knows more than the general public. And I'm sure the public is is largely on the Giants. To me, it's just an avoid the game. Trevor Lawrence doesn't look very effective and the Giants have won legitimate games against legitimate teams. They're, They're good, man. They're a really good football team. We are... I hate this, too. We're on the Jets as three-and-a-half-point dogs at Denver. That would not have been the line three weeks ago. I'm just telling you. No,
3: it wouldn't have. But what have you seen from Denver why you don't like this? Russell Wilson playing poorly. Nathaniel Hackett, no idea what's going on. I think their defense is excellent. That That is very true.
2: And I think Zach Wilson is a lot more wobbly behind a good New York team than Daniel Jones. So I think the combination. I could see some sort of, and Russell Wilson playing better in theory. I could see some sort of seventeen to ten
3: Denver win here. Take it for what it's worth. I don't know if we believe it. Maybe it's just an explanation or a excuse for the poor play. Russ supposedly dealing with a hammy. Expected expected he, to play.
2: Every time he plays bad, there's some leak about some mystery. Submit. I don't believe him. It is, it is what I'm saying. And then lastly, because apparently my brother likes setting our money on fire, uh, we have bet on Chicago as seven and a half point dogs at New England.
3: This one I hate. I'm with you. I hate this one. So bad. Gonna go up against Bailey Zappi?
2: Bailey Zappi is the new Tom Brady, and everybody knows it. I'll tell you one game I do like. I kind of like the Falcons as six and a half point dogs in Cincinnati.
3: I'm with they you. You pl- know I don't like Cincinnati this year.
2: They played well, man. It's I, I wish it were a little more. It's not quite a touchdown, but it's a. I think it's a super interesting line. Another one is is Colts two and a half point dogs at the Titans is a real. It's an interesting football game because. These have
3: been inconsistent teams. Those feel like two evenly matched teams, right they now. They do.
2: You know, I'm a sucker for Mike Vrabel. I'm not betting that game, but I would bet the Titans if I if I had to. I also, I mean, here's another one: that's a Carolina are hosting the Bucks at home. Carolina are 11 point dogs. Now I know they're terrible. But, man, Tampa Bay just looks off balance, man. 11's a lot.
3: P.J. Walker starting that game at quarterback for the Panthers. I mean, yes. I'm I'm just telling you, you got Tom Brady going up against P.J. Walker. Is he worse than than Baker Mayfield? It would be hard to be right now.
2: It really would be. Texans are seven-point dogs at the Raiders. That's a weird game. I'm going to avoid it. What about the Seahawks being six-point dogs of the Chargers? Remember, remember, Chargers don't have a home-field advantage. This is a statistical fact. Everybody that goes, I've been, those games, there will be as many Seattle fans or close to it as there are Chargers fans, in large part because there aren't any Chargers fans here. And a lot of it is just people who want to go to a game in L.A. and just don't want to pay Rams prices. I kind of like Seattle covering the six. You look like you're not, Geno time, buddy?
3: I'm staying away from this game. And I think that says a lot about how the Chargers have played. They have not played up to expectations thus far. I would stay away from this one.
2: Chiefs two-and-a-half-point underdogs. I'm sorry, two-and-a-half-point favorites is is the line right now. Going to the Bay to play the Niners. You know I'm a sucker for Kansas City. It's not going well this year for me you really think Kansas City is going to lose a third game this early?
3: No, no. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you.
2: And then the Steelers are seven-point dogs. At Miami, two is going to play. Expected to play. Trubisky looked okay. That's an avoid. That's an avoid. Uh, I'm going to hit the under in Clippers-Lakers tonight. I'll be... Dropping all my bets later in the BetQL chat. I will be hosting. That game is 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. is going to be there. I'll look for you, Tom. I need you in there, buddy. I need you a little producer support. You don't need to go to sleep. Your normal 7
3: p.m. bedtime. You can you can do it. That's a little late for me, yeah. Yeah, I wish it wasn't, but it is. Kawhi's point
2: total is 20 and a half. I saw that this morning. Doesn't that Bang feel low? Yeah, it's begging for the under. So Vegas knows something about his his minutes I su- I suppose. Right? Some I'm also I think I'm probably going to take LeBron point totals most of the year if they're not where they are tonight, which is 29 and a half.
3: Is Ty Lue and company in LA are they going to go load management not only games yes. played with Kawhi but also minutes played in those games? That is the the thinking. I think in games against bad teams they
2: will. Now, the thing is, the Lakers and the Clippers don't really, don't really like each other. And every game, whether the Clippers host or the Lakers host, is a Lakers home game, which is annoying to the Clippers. It is a real rivalry between the teams. There's a weird, they just there's an animosity between the organizations. Normally, that closes the golf a little bit in terms of talent. But the Lakers are bad, is the word I'm looking for. And the Clippers are good. This is going to be a hard one to do for QL. because it's not a game I would normally put a lot of money on because early season, Clippers' first game, right? Clippers' first game, Kawhi's back. I don't know how Westbrook's going to respond. You saw him throw his coach under the bus the other day. His injuries because he had to come off the bench in a preseason game. Translation, I make excuses all the time. Tough one. I'm sorry. I'm also somewhat tempted to fade Westbrook every single... Problem is, I-, I wish I could have, like, a Westbrook turnover prop. Not a... Not a, not a shooting prop, man. Maybe I'll go with Westbrook on the on the turn. You want to see what the turnover prop is for Westbrook? What do you think it is? Three and a half? Two and a half. I think I'm going to go over Westbrook turnovers. All right. Bet QL tonight. Be there. Or B Square. What does that mean? Is there something wrong with being a square, like as opposed to a circle or a triangle? That doesn't make sense, though. Pretty good. Ty Dunn wrote a great new book. We're going to talk about it and the NFL. Be there at B Square next on CBS Sports Radio.